Welcome in Braves Today. Bravestoday.com is where you find us. Braves underscore today on the Twitterverse. He is Lindsey Crosby. I am Ben Taylor. Before we get into what took place in Texas, which was an awesome thing, and what is about to take place with Seattle and Atlanta, there was something that came out uh, just the other day, Lindsey, that I sent to you. I screenshot it. It's a Reddit thread. It basically has to do with AI, but they did the most overrated Major League Baseball player since 2000, and I was shocked to see two Braves on there, our former Braves. Uh, Andrew Jones came in at number seven, and Jason Hayward in at number two. Your thoughts, sir? Jason Hayward, uh, still playing, but it's one of those, he was defensively really good. Uh, never had the power like you would expect from a 240-pound man. And so, like, you know what? Second most overrated player is a little high for him. But if you're comparing the hype to what he actually did, all right, fine. You know what? That's, I'll let it go. Andrew Jones, though. <laughs> let me just take a second. He's a Hall of Famer. He, he is. Many people, myself included, consider him to be one of, if not the best defensive center fielder in baseball history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ten-time gold glover. Five-time All-Star. He had a stretch from 2000 to 2007 where he averaged 36 home runs and 107 RBIs while getting gold gloves in center field and being a five-time All-Star. I mean, he he. it, it is very hard for me to not be like, yeah, he is, um, he is a Hall of Famer. He led all of baseball in home runs in 2005 with 51. He uh, led the National League in RBIs with 128. I just, I mean, I know that his career did not have the length that a lot of people wanted, but you also have to remember he debuted at age 19. And so he wasn't the same player in like 2009, 2010 at 32, 33, but Mm. he got started so incredibly early and he played just about every single game at physically the most demanding position on the field as far as how much you run, how much you use your legs in center field. And so to not only not have him as an, as an all, a Hall of Famer is ridiculous, but to have him as overrated, I will fight chat GPT. Well, and the funny part is, is when you look at these names, it seems like they, and let me just, let me just run through them real quick. Number one is A-Rod. And I know everybody says that. However, it says since 2000, A-Rod was doing fine in 2000. Mm-hmm. People forget at one point in time, he was the highest paid baseball player in the history of Major League Baseball. Uh, back when he was with the Texas Rangers, after he ended up leaving Seattle and he went to the Texas Rangers and then the Yankees stole him. Like he was a hot commodity. Everybody wanted him. That was not overrated. He had the numbers to back it up, did A-Rod. From 2000 until he retired, he hit 548 home runs. He averaged 35 home runs a year from 2000 on. Come on. Maybe maybe he's not overrated. Maybe that's exactly. a little bit of a, of a bad, bad. He averaged being caught stealing three times a year after that. He's, <laughs> while, whilst, you know, come on, come on. And it seems like that's how AI picked it out, and that's how ChatGPT picked it out, was the downside of their career, like the back end of their career. Because then you got Hayward. Hayward's still playing. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, granted, the hype that came in still – uh, he was a good Brave, and he helped the Braves along a, a lot along the way. And I, you won't hear me say a bad thing about Jason Hayward. Uh, Tim Lincecum, at short, one point in time, short was career. The, he had a short career, but at one point in time, was one of the hottest pitchers in baseball. Everybody wanted him, but the Giants would not let him go. 
And so he just, he was a weird dude. If you want to talk about that, I mean, he, his personality was unbelievably strange. Uh, but again, short career, probably cut it off a little early. David Eckstein, ah, Josh Hamilton. Well, hang on, a- hang on. David Eckstein, short career, didn't debut until he was 26 years old. See? And so he only got, I think, 10 years in the bigs. Like he retired after 2010 at age 35. So short career. I'm noticing a trend with this chat GPT thing. Hamilton, same way. He got started late. Remember, he was a janitor at one point in time and Mm -hmm. then ended up coming back and playing ball and still led the league in home runs for a couple of years and and won the home run contest. He also had some time where he had to take some time away from the game because of substance issues. So, again, putting him up there, I'm like, are you kidding me? Mark Pryor? The shortest of short careers. Yeah. So, it's Andrew long career. Still, I think they're taking a look at his numbers that he ended his career with instead of what he did as a brave uh, early in his career. No Mark Garcia para that guy will never buy a beer in Boston ever again. Everybody absolutely loves him. No ma, no ma. And he only played for nine years after 2000. And if mm-hmm. that's the, that's the arbitrary cutoff on this, you cut off some of his, like his rookie of the year, you cut off that. You cut off his runner-up for MVP. You cut off a couple All-Star appearances. If you only look at him after 2000, he's already 27 years old, and he had an injury. He played what 20 games in 2001 because of injury. So, like, mm. you cut off most of like the the good half of his Boston career there. Eric Gagne, absolutely a brave killer as far as closing the Braves out at the end of the game. That's another one that I can't. Maybe they're looking at his numbers towards the end of his career when he headed out. I don't know where they got that from as far as Gagne is concerned. Also, short career. Debuted in 1999 at age 23. <laughs> last appeared in baseball at age 32 in 2008. It's a trend. It is. It is. And then, of course, Betancourt rounds out the top 10. Uh, Unitsky, Betancourt, by the way, uh, rounds out the top 10. Don't agree with it. That's the problem with AI. Again, that's not mine and, and Lindsay's list. That is a list that was created and put out by The Game Day, if you were looking. That was a thread that was both on Reddit as well as social media. Uh, again, two Braves up there in the top 10, which I completely disagree with both. Yep. Uh, we move on. Culberson is back. I put that at the top of my list because he's one of my favorite Braves ever, and he is back with the Braves as the Braves are able to pick him up. As I said on Twitter right after that was announced, the <clears throat> most clutch Brave of the July of twenty of, of, of the summer of 2019. There you mm-hmm. go. The most most clutch Brave of the summer of 2019. I think it was July 7th. He made that amazing uh, ninth inning catch and throw at the, to get the out at the plate. Uh, bases loaded. I think no outs. Run you know and gets gets both outs there. One and two. Brian McCann was the catcher, and so like you know completely saves and holds everything for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, that dude played. He played seven different positions during mm-hmm. his time in Atlanta because he played both corner outfield spots, all four spots in the infield, and he pitched. How can you not love Charlie Clutch? I love the fact that he's back. I love even more the fact that Charlie Culberson's hair, the Twitter account, will now be reaffirmed and come back mm-hmm. because that was an Atlanta guy that put that together. So Culberson back as the Braves put him. I don't know what their ultimate goal is as far as having him on the team besides great locker room guy. As you just said, he can play anywhere he is needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, be a great pinch hit guy that they can bring in when needed. Uh, also makes me wonder – uh, outfield getting a little packed right now because I kind of wonder now with uh, Culberson coming in if that just paves the way for Ozuna to start being phased out a little bit more and more each and every day. 
Part of me wants to hope that Atlanta's working on some sort of deal since he's gotten hot in May to try to offload him for literally any asset. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and this would be something, this would give you more flexibility. But if you think about, like right now, you've got your, your starting three as far as uh, Harris and Acuna and Rosario. You have Pilar, you have Hilliard. When you add him, you'll have six options who can play where you don't even have to worry about Ozuna. So it, it does make sense that this kind of might be the precursor. You know, having him up versus having Braden Shoemake up, one, Shoemake can now go play every day. But mm-hmm. then two, it gives you more flexibility if you're finding somebody who's interested in taking that Ozuna money. And honestly, all you have to do is take the contract and you can have them. It's, I don't even think the Braves are looking for an asset back. Give yeah. us a bad starter if you have one. We'll give It'll give us an arm for the rotation. But really, we'll just take anything for them, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, those are, I mean, especially if somebody's willing to pick up the money. Otherwise, the Braves are going to probably have to pay part of that salary wherever he goes uh, and, and try to get and still try to get somebody in the deal. Uh, let's take a look at the week that was uh, Texas. I told you my biggest worry was Texas win series. And that's what my, I was my biggest fear with not having a full rotation of pitchers. Uh, that that would end up taking place. However, the Braves end up grinding it out, especially on the last game of the series. And uh, what you know, players coming up big. Bats came up big finally after being kind of cold. So, uh, what a big series win against a top American League team in the Texas Rangers down in Arlington. Yeah, Auburn goes. Uh, Atlanta goes twelve nothing shutout in game one. You're like, okay, this is going to be not right. bad. They drop game two. A Jerry Schuster <clears throat> start. He doesn't look bad. They just they drop it later. It's bullpen stuff. And then game three, you're like, oh great, this is going to be more, you know, more of the same. You don't get the kind of start that you were expecting mm-hmm. uh, from, you know, from one of your aces and Spencer Strider. But uh, six to five, you grind it out, you get it. So still a losing road trip, but you don't lose both series on the trip. You go two and four, and then a much needed day off so that you have plenty of rest for a lot of guys going into this weekend. Uh, I, it felt good that the bats were going. It felt good that some guys who have struggled a lot recently, and I'm thinking about Austin Riley, yeah. had a good series for the most part, You know, got multiple hits. Uh, obviously, Ronald Acuna continued to just crush incredibly long home runs. I want to say he had four, like four straight games of the home run, and yes. three of them were over like 440 feet. And mm-hmm. it's something like seven of his last eight have broken 440 feet. It's ridiculous. Uh, but very big for the to, to salvage the road trip and to have a good mindset going into the off day. I think that's something we don't talk about enough is what happens immediately before your off day. To come back and rally like that to win late has to have you feeling a lot better than if you drop that game late. And a little pitching got saved. We take that into the Seattle weekend, and the reason being is because it turns out that there may be a bullpen game before it's all said and done with. No starter has been mentioned for Saturday. So uh, it'll be uh, Seattle coming into town and and, and two truest. And the Braves, some familiar faces on the mound on Friday, Sunday. However, we may see a host of everybody on Saturday. Yeah, so Friday is the Battle of the Bryces, Bryce Miller, of the Seattle Mariners versus Bryce Elder of the Braves. <clears throat> Bryce Miller has already uh, proven to be the one true Miller. You're only allowed to have one Miller. He beat Mason Miller of the A's. So now he's going to try to take on the other Bryce in Major League Baseball. Uh, Sunday, you're going to get another young pitcher for Seattle. You're going to have uh, George Kirby versus tr- old, old man Uncle Charlie Morton. Yeah. But Saturday is listed as a TBD for the Braves versus youngster Logan Gilbert. And when you look at the bullpen usage for the Braves, 
it's really kind of pointing towards we saved a bunch of guys to do a bullpen game versus making another call up because on Wednesday you use Jesse Chavez, you use Rizal Iglesias, you use Nick Anderson, AJ Minter threw like four pitches, but that's it. But then Dylan Lee and Joe Jimenez haven't thrown since Tuesday. And then Colin McHugh, Michael Tonkin, and Kirby Yates, none of those three have thrown since Sunday. So if you're able to avoid using them tonight, you're in a situation where you have three key relievers who have not thrown in five days. Mm. And theoretically, it points towards those guys who could theoretically give you multiple innings. Lee and Jimenez haven't thrown since Tuesday. They could give you multiple innings. And if you can get by tonight with Chavez, Iglesias, Anderson, and Mentor, whichever one of those guys don't throw tonight, you can turn around and use them to finish out that Saturday game. Uh, it's a long homestand coming up. It is. But it just kind of makes sense that kind of given where the starters have lined up in AAA, if you don't have to use the bullpen tonight that much to carry that much of a, of a load, you'll have plenty of options if you want to do a bullpen thing on Saturday. Yeah, the good news is you talked about a long homestand, Seattle, L.A., Philly. Uh, no days off. However, you get to sleep in your own bed every single night. So that's mm-hmm. going to make a huge difference for the Braves. Uh, expectations for the weekend. I say two of three from Seattle. I just don't think that they can sweep. And and honestly, I'm kind of putting it on that bullpen game uh, it just because I, you, you don't know what you're going to get. And, and two, you got to be careful how much you use them because you've got L.A. and Philly right around the corner. So you're going to want to use some of those arms at that point in time, too. So, you know, I. I don't, I don't know what Snit's maybe thinking on the bullpen game. If you get a guy that you put out there and, you know, he'd love to get three innings apiece out of him if at all possible. Mm-hmm. If you got a guy that's rolling, do you let him go four so you can save somebody else later and, or something of that nature? So it'll be curious to see how he uh, adjusts on the fly as far as this weekend is concerned. Yeah, three young pitchers, Bryce Miller being the youngest of the three. I'm going to say two and one as well. And I think, like, all three of these pitchers are very impressive for the Mariners. Obviously, you avoid – Luis Castillo, their their ace. But I think one of these guys is not going to let Atlanta get to him. I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure if it's going to be Kirby on, on, on Sunday, but one of these three young pitchers is going to defy expectations, keep this offense from doing too much, and steal a game for Seattle. Their, their offense has not done a lot this year. Julio Rodriguez hasn't recaptured that rookie of the year for him from last year. Mm-hmm. So they're beatable if you can score enough runs, but I just feel like one of these pitchers is going to figure out the, uh, the mix against Atlanta. So I'll also say two and one. He's Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. Welcome Braves today, bravestoday.com, braves underscore today. If you find us on the Twitter verse, Lindsey, as always, thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Chop on.